Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne, and we love you, Lord. Thank you for opening our, thank you for giving us your word already, Lord. That's, that's worth showing up for. Thank you, Lord, for our breakthroughs and, and that, that they are in you, Lord, that we are in breakthrough mode all the time when we release our faith in your word. So we thank you for that and continue to bless us here today with your word, Lord. <clears throat> Help us to understand what you have given your servant to share with your people in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Praise God. Well, Pastor Shalanda is here visiting us. She sneaked it up on us. Praise God. It's, it's amazing. Uh, God is, is, uh, beginning to reveal things to me morning, noon, and night, like, you know, daytime, nighttime. And, and so I was sharing with Pastor Shalanda. I was, I had just bitten an apple and I was trying to talk to her and I was spitting everywhere. I said, oops, excuse me, but let me tell you this. <laughs> but anyway, I had, I got a vision this, that a visitor would come. I didn't say when, what day, and no doubt it was today. And I saw myself hollering from the office in the, in the hallway, say, girl, come in here. Don't be sneaking by my office. And I'm coming here without hugging me, saying hi to me. So as I was saying those words, God played that back to me. But I never saw a face. I never who knew who it was. <laughs> so our mystery lady from the vision is here. <clears throat> so we want to welcome you. It's always good to have you, sis. Always good. And we bless you in the name of Jesus. We are so honored that God sent you here today. And and so just enjoy your time with us as well as your Aunt Pat. You always get to see Aunt Pat, but you can you can see us too. <laughs> Praise God. So amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. So yesterday we began talking about <clears throat> the corresponding action to your faith. Faith without works is dead. That's established. But but many times we because we teach concepts and we teach discrete uh, bodies of information, we may get to get the impression that one fruit of the Spirit or one uh, endowment from God um, is all there is to know. Like once you know faith, faith is everything. You know, uh, love is everything. Patience is everything. Peace is everything. You know, we because they are they have their discrete characteristics, but they are all one Spirit. And they're all dependent on one another. And they all need help from one another. And we find that faith needs help. It probably is mentioned as needing helpers more than any of the other fruit of the Spirit do. Love is is the greatest. But then love has components in it. There are aspects in love that we know as the other eight fruit of the Spirit. In love is patience. In love is faith. And love is kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. All of those things are components of love. Amen. And so we, we understand that love is like the, the big mixer that everything else is mixed into, you know, and so it becomes like a fruit punch. Like you, it's a blend of flavors of God's character and the aspects of God's character and they need one another because it's always a, a a mistake among people to feel one is more important than the other so they think they're specializing in one aspect of God's character over another one 
you know, like people think love is so important because the greatest commandment is love. But you get you get to loving folk and you see the patience and these temperance self control you need her you know what I'm saying? You need to be bombarded with every other fruit to support that decision to love. Amen. When the Bible says love does not seek its own, that's meekness. Amen. And and those kinds of attributes of love, you see the other fruit of the spirit mingled and mixed in there. Faith is the same way. When we had faith teaching, the word of faith, we thought faith was everything. And we didn't understand it hardly at all. Because when we started to believe God for something, if it didn't come right away, we thought our, something was wrong with our faith. Amen? See, there's no such thing anymore as little faith, weak faith, any of that. It's all the faith of the Son of God. So faith is all good, all the time. Whenever you exercise faith, it's good. Amen? And so you use your faith where you, 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 you have it planted. You have your faith planted in the word of God, expecting that word to come to pass. So you're believing for it to happen. Now, many people believe they receive it, but they no more expect it to happen than I expect to, to walk out of here on the clouds. You understand what I'm saying? So faith also expects things to come to pass. It doesn't just believe you receive it when you pray, but there's a, a codicil to that. It's you got to expect it to happen from your words. You can't think God's just talking up there and you don't have to repeat what he says to get it to come to you. Amen. That's all we're doing when we confess the word or when we pray. We're affirming what God has already said is ours. So we give affirmation or assent, spiritual assent, to what God has already spoken. You can't get it if he hasn't said it already. So the best way to get your promise in your future is by meditating and studying the word of God and letting the Holy Spirit, you know, how you you go through the word and it's like a magnet draws your eyes to something. That's him talking to you. And he's like, hey. Park your car right here. Selah. Amen. Study this for a hot minute and see what it does for you. And so when we go into the word of God, we go in there to understand what God is saying to us and understand what he is providing for us so that when you receive it by faith, it's undisputably yours. Nobody can come and tell you that don't belong to you. You can't have it. Who do you think you are? See, it's amazing that the devil starts this stuff only after you believe something. You ever notice that? Like, you know, you he won't stop you from reading your Bible. He can't. In fact, you need to sometimes just tell him, you know, devil, come here and let me read this to you. Sit down here and listen for a minute. You can understand something. And you can't take it from me. Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus is a, a symbol of our studying the word. And she, what did she choose? She chose the good part or the better part and it could not be taken away. Nobody can take away from you your faith and what you believe in God for. And they can't tell you you can't have it once it's in there. See, the devil tries real. He can't stop you from getting it inside of you. 
but he can delay you and stop you and hinder you from seeing it manifest because he can continually put you in doubt and try to get you to faint and quit and walk away from what God's doing in your life and what he's promised you. See, if you don't expect it, you can't get it in your garage. You can't get it in your front door. Amen. You can't get it to the altar. Ladies. I want to hear a little amen in the kitchen. <laughs> amen. You understand? <laughs> you missed a good time to say amen in there. <laughs> but anyway, but, but once it's inside of you, nobody can take it. Our fight, what we're really wrestling with most of the time when doubt comes, we're wrestling with us. The devil ain't doing half of what we think he's doing. Cause he's got on, got us on, uh, repeat. On rewind. So we keep playing it back ourselves. And he's sitting up eating your popcorn, your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner. And he's got you on quick rewind destroying your own faith. I'm not, I'm gonna quit threatening to go to the Y. I'm just going, Poppy, can you, can you see me clear to the door? I'm just gonna go to the Y. I ain't, I ain't gonna warn them no more. I'm just gonna be over there one day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's true. Very, very true. This is why many times our answers are delayed. Sometimes we feel like we should have had it and, and that's probably true to a large degree because we don't don't trust our faith enough to step over that line of comfortable into uncomfortable, radical, crazy faith. Nobody can tell me nothing different faith. I know I heard from God faith and quit asking me about it because I ain't talking about it no more to you faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, there's a line you have to cross where you know that you know that you know and you anticipate and you expect and then your conversation is more with God about it than it is any other. It doesn't play in any arena but that one, the one between you and God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God's servants, you know what I'm saying. People that God sends to you, you know, he can trust to help you to get over the rough parts in pulling that promise in. Amen. And that's that's how we want to live. We want to live by faith. So faith needs helpers. It needs a, a corresponding action. Faith needs love. It only works by love. Faith is righteousness. So all of these fruit of the spirit go together to help one another to get you over the finish line. God wants you to run across the finish line with your chest stuck out. You know what I'm saying? Lifting, lifting holy hands. He don't want somebody to come out there and have to drag you across the finish line. Amen. You know, come on now, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom. We can't drag each other around with one another's faith. Now, we can come into agreement and help one another and, and share the burden. That's the law of Christ. Amen. To bear ye one another's burdens. But there's a point where you've got to be as engaged, if not more so, and whoever's in agreement with you, your agreement partner is like, you know, you know how they when kids are first starting uh, in, say, like in uh, tumbling or athletics or 
anything like that. They have somebody to spot them. So if they get off balance and get, you don't hurt yourself falling and hopefully you don't fall. Well, that's, you're a prayer partner. The person in agreement with you spots you when you start talking crazy and they, you, you know, if you got a prayer partner, you go to them and say, well, I'm, 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 I'm so and so and such. And they do that, that Detroit look at you with the one eyebrow stuck up there and it don't never come down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And no, no, no expression on their face. That means, uh, get back over there where you supposed to be a stepped out of agreement. Now get back in line. Amen. Come on back in here with me. Amen. So they are strong in it for you. Cause you're the target. The enemy targets you more than them. Amen. And, 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 and God knows that. That's why he says where two or three of you agree concerning anything. So I don't care what it is. I'll do it for you. Amen. Because that shows his body is working together. You're fulfilling the law of Christ. So not over. You got your faith on your side. You got love on your side. You got the law of faith on your side. So you're building a strong argument for getting that answer into your life. The more word you stand on, the more words you believe supporting what you desire, the stronger your faith is in it. Amen. So it's good to have prayer of agreement, but your prayer partner can't carry you. They, we, they, God not going to let them drag you across the finish line. Come on now. Amen. I was watching something, uh, uh, a para Olympics where people who are, are uh, limited, some kind of physical limitation restriction. Uh, and I, I was looking at, it was a, um, it wasn't a relay race, but it was a track, track and field event. It looked like it was pretty fast, you know, and a young woman was running right beside a young man. And I thought, well, what's this about? And then I thought, I said, this couldn't be that they talk about the, you know, trannies running with the women and stuff. Cause he didn't look tran to me. He looked like a man to me. I know the difference. Y'all better wake up around here. Poppy, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm giving them the elementary things. Is that not right? If I know the difference between a man and a woman, they ought to know it too. So we can all say amen on that. But anyway, he was showing sure enough a man. You know, he wasn't trying to be nothing else. But he was running right alongside this woman. They were like almost in the same lane. And I was looking and she had shades on. I don't think he did. But then when they crossed the finish line, he, when they got very close and he could see she would win, he kind of lagged back a little bit. She went ahead. She was blind. That was her guide. It's like, man. I thought, Lord, you are too much. To let that woman know what it's like to run and to win and to exercise her gift. And he brings along, and I said, it's just like the Holy Ghost. That is so like what he does. He supports us. We take on his strength. And we are the ones who really accomplish, but it's under his authority and with his help. And he's like our silent runner beside us, helping us all along. It's just wonderful to see. 
wonderful to see. And, uh, you know, I, I, I watch some things and I'll have any sound on. I just, you know, just looking at it and I looked and I found out, uh, later she turned around and hugged him. And, and I said, oh, he's helping her. I said, for some reason they're running together for a reason. I found out it was Paralympics and she was a blind runner and he was helping her get across the finish line. Think about the dedication of somebody who works with you, can run with you. I mean, that's just amazing. It's amazing what God does for us. So, so anyway, I share that just to let you know you've got help. There's no excuse for us quitting in the middle of the race. We have so much help. Amen. We can make it. We can do this. Whatever it is, we can do it. Amen. If God puts it before you to do, you can do it. So with his help. So anyway, um, uh, we were talking about faith needing helpers and, and it does. And, and so I was thinking about that and I said, you know, many times when we have to wait on something, we want to blame faith. We don't have enough faith. This is a, you know, but sometimes you need strength and virtue. Cause I don't care how strong your faith is. If you got quit in you, it's, it'll kill. You, you won't get it. You won't get it across the line. Cause quit will always come up and tell you it's too hard, too tough, too much, too this, too that. Amen. So, so, so quit wants to attack you and take and rob you of your blessing and rob you of your victory and really rob you of your faith. Because if you quit, don't think that didn't damage your faith in some way. I'm going to say it again. See, this is for people who are comfortable saying, I don't want it. I don't need it. Maybe God didn't say that or maybe, 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 maybe. This will stop you from doing that. See, because it's hard to go on to the next faith project if you quit on the last one. Listen, faith is your job. You ever quit a job because you didn't like it? And them same demons was at the next job waiting on you to come in there. And you thought you was all cool because God opened another door for you. Well, your faith will open many doors. But you need, there's adversaries at the door. You need helpers to carry you in that door. Amen? It needs help. So because God got you another job, that don't make you all cool and everything. Not till you can confront them demons that move from your last job right over to this one and are there to meet you. And God let them come. I'm going to say it again. God let them come because you couldn't, you should have defeated them the last place you were. You could have stepped on his neck on the way into your promotion and had what God had for you and then some. But see, now you get to the next place and you want to cower back again because your faith has been wounded. Now you're scared to use your faith again because it didn't work the last place you were. Oh, it was working. You just didn't know how to work it. Faith works by love. Then people that hate you, you gotta love. Then people that despise you, you gotta bless them. Then people that want, want, uh, to take you out of there, you gotta bless them in, anyway. You gotta pray for them. Amen. And I mean pray a blessing on them. So we liberate our faith from all these shackles. From the shackles of partiality and fear and 
all of those things. You got to set your faith free from that. How do you do it? By working your faith. You, you set it free by the doing of it. By using your faith, you set it free. It's not going to do anything sitting up on the shelf. I get hurt the last place. I'm gonna, I ain't going to ask God for nothing like that. I'm putting my faith up on the shelf. Like a trophy. It ain't going to help you out there. You got to know that faith has enemies. Nobody ever tell you that. Well, that's the fine print of the covenant. That's why God told Israel when they, he sent them to the promised land, he told them about all the good stuff that was there. He said, the people that's on there, don't worry about them. I'm going to get rid of them for you. You just go over there and confront them and I'll be with you and it won't be no thing. When they got over there, they saw how big the enemies were. Huh? So now you got to, you got a you got a choice to make. You either believe God what He told you over on the other side before you took a step of faith to get on the inside to see what was confronting you. Is He the same God that spoke that to you when you were in safe quarters, like in your little prayer room with all your little stickers all over it and all your scriptures and your thirteen Bibles opened up to different pages and all this kind of stuff? Where you feel so secure and so wonderful. The same God that met you in that place is over here with you with all these screaming crazy devils and giants and people threatening you. So your faith always has enemies. Okay. They've been taken care of. Amen. Just like the mafia will tell you, don't worry about him. Don't, don't worry about him. Yeah, he talks big, he eats nothing. We take care of him for you. You belong to that club where your enemies are already taken care of. Amen. Don't worry about it. It's taken care of. Amen. So you just go on in faith. You go on seeing what you're supposed to see in spite of what presents itself to you. Amen. So your faith does have enemies. Why? It's a spirit of God. God's got enemies called demons satan and his one-third of the enemies god's got two-thirds still just mere numbers should give you confidence but you can't put your faith away because of the the trouble it draws when you exercise it huh especially you believing for a soul you know you believing for people to get healed you believing for souls uh, to come into the kingdom the devil will send that very person you're supposed to love and pray for them. The devil will make them want to hate you and want to jump on you. You got me? Just so you can quit. Amen? But God wants you to stand fast. He is your deliverance. He is your comforter. He's your helper. If God says pray, pray. If God says love on people, God says, and and you haven't crossed some lines yet, God's going to tell you to give people money and they hate your guts. And I don't mean no little money either. You understand what I'm saying? So the tests get bigger. They don't get smaller. Amen. <laughs> you go on the, the cash app. You want to send them $10 and God said, now you know you don't send nobody less than $100. You send that to them. God, all they ask for is 10 Yeah, but I told you what to say. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to obey God. 
Yeah. He'll get the fear out of us. He'll get the quit out of us. He'll get the sensitivity out of us. Huh? They don't like me and I'm paying them back kind of stuff. He'll get that all out of you. <laughs> Before we get to heaven, we ain't going to have none of that. No spot, no wrinkle, no nothing. We going to be Clorox bleached white. Amen. Whiter than white. Amen. Uh, he going to clean all that up. So, so your faith has in me. And don't take it personally. You know, like the mafia, it's only business. Amen. So just stick to God's business. And he'll take care of your business. Amen. Just stay with the business. You know, sometimes you get hurt and wounded. You will go home and cry. Say, God, look at what they did to me. He said, look what they did to me. He'll bring you back to Calvary in the New York minute. Amen. That's where you need to be. Because when compared to that, this is a light affliction. Amen. A very, very light affliction. Amen. Praise God. So, so we say that, that faith without works is dead. Works are deeds. And deeds really are reflected in fruit. What kind of fruit do you bear? That's, that, those are the works of faith. Amen. So, so we we need to understand that when we our fruit is reflected uh is a reflection of the spirit that we operate in amen when you operate in the spirit of god you bear good fruit you bear fruit that lines up with his word with it which comes out of the spirit of christ amen when we operate in love love believes all things amen that means that it doesn't it's not skeptical doesn't put the flesh in there to judge things. Bears all things. So it means it bears up under pressure. Everything. Every kind of pressure. It's not touchy or easily provoked or easily offended. Amen. And so once, once you get to that point, you release your faith to work in stronger ways. See, this is why you, you operate in love. You quit being touchy. Why? So you can set your face like a flint and keep going forward. The devil can't stop you on the cheap stuff. You know, somebody said this about you and that about you and all that kind of stuff. That does not bug you, does not phase you, does not hurt you. You just keep going forward. Amen. And so once you have that and you forgive people as you go, you don't hold on to this, that ain't going to get theirs and all that. That ain't your business. You're going to get yours too, but you ain't dwelling on that right now. You're trying to go forward. Amen. you hoping for a crop failure on the bad stuff you done. So come on now. Let's, let's get with it here. But, but love continues to move forward in faith. Love propels your faith forward. It makes your faith go forward. Offense keeps you hiding. And being concerned about what's going to happen if I step out. What's going to happen? And I'm not talking about offenses from people. I'm talking about bruises to your ego. You know, what if I, what if I do this and God don't show up? And what about that? That's all pride. Amen. And love will conquer that because love says, I don't, I don't live out of that anymore. That's not my portion anymore. Amen. I don't, that's not my feeding trough anymore. Because this faith doesn't belong to me anyway. This is God's faith, and he's the one that's got to bring it to pass. I'm just going along for the ride up in here. And so understand who you are and where you are 
It'll make it easier for you to, to get obedient to God in these tough situations. And trust me, it's tough out here. It's tough all the time for believers. Amen. So when we, when we integrate the word of faith with our desire, we will see what we hope for from God. Amen. God will direct our steps to the fulfillment of his word or fulfillment of the promise. And that's the corresponding action. What the Holy Ghost directs you to do is a corresponding action to your faith. Amen. Look out for him to tell you to do something nobody else is encouraging you to do. I'm going to say it again. Look out for the Holy Spirit to direct you to do something that nobody else is encouraging you to do. But it, it lines up with the word and you have peace about it and you have an unction to perform it. Amen. What happened to all of the patriarchs? Abraham did what? He went. David went. Moses went. They left familiar places to set out for parts unknown. You're going to do some things that some people, the average Christian would not do, but God has you do it. You're going to set out for parts unknown because God told you to went. Amen. So all you got to do is now get to getting and see where the promise is. Amen. See what materializes from it. And make sure when you get there, God is there to meet you when you get there. Amen. And, and that's how we live. That's how we live by faith. Amen. So, so the corresponding action comes as a complement to what we believe on the inside. It will complement it and cause it to happen. There's got to be some truth in it. Amen. Go to Mark chapter 5 and we'll look at the woman with the issue of blood. Chapter 5 and start in 22. A ruler of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, when he saw him, fell on his feet, besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus got up to go with him, and many people followed him and thronged him. Now, this was a, a ready-made crowd because this was in that area of the Gadarenes where he had cast the devil out of that man, the strong man of the those ten cities. And this man really writ and preached in all ten cities. That's why this crowd is so big. First time Jesus went there, remember they asked him to go because he had cast the devil out of that man. They were scared of him. Why? Because they were full of devils too. Well, that's what the strong man does. He's in charge of all the demons in ten cities. He made the mistake of rushing up on Jesus. Amen. And got delivered. Now, just back up a little bit with your knowledge of, of being a watchman in intercession. Strong men confront people who are anointed to overthrow them. Amen. So this was a challenge to Jesus. This was, this was not one of them. You notice this man never said, 
Jesus, could you cast the devils out of me? Or He didn't ask for this. He challenged Jesus on who was stronger. So he confronted him. That's how you deal with demons. You don't have demons ask you to cast them out and get their permission and then you move. When people are in charge of their being, you need faith from them. They have to ask you. Any sick among you, you call for the elders of the church. So the ordinary believer has to invite you into their problem with their faith. This guy challenged Jesus. Amen. It's like, what you doing here? Jesus said, I come to take care of you. Come on, y'all, get with me. Don't put your... Don't put your, your, your anointing away. You got me? This is what strong men do to everybody that comes to a city. When I went to Detroit, I had more trouble out of friendly people. You understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah, well, you, you're doing so and so. God, I want to come to your meeting. I want to come to your meeting. And what they do, they stuck knives in my back the whole time I was there. You understand what I'm saying? So they they come to you offering you peace. See, Jesus wasn't having it. All Jesus had to do is ask him one question, and he pinpointed. What is your your that man's name? Probably was Arthur or John. Just like my name is Barb, yours is Nola. You you Chuck. Amen. That's your name. When I ask you what's your name, if you're in charge of your being, you tell me Nola, you don't say Legion because we many. So whoever's in charge speaks up. So once, <laughs> you got me? Once Jesus knows the devil's in charge, what what can he do? You can't lead a devil in charge. I came over here on a friendly visit. It is going to get friendlier because I'm going to get rid of this demon. All legion of them. Amen. Because we are many. We ain't too many for the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why the reason Jesus told him to go tell. How many people did Jesus tell to go tell something? Very few. Most people, he said, don't tell nobody nothing about this. Keep this on this me and you. Keep it on the QT. I don't want to mob on my hands. Don't give your testimony yet. You're not strong enough to fight the devil when he tries to steal your healing. Don't tell anybody. Most people, he told, don't tell. This guy, he tells, tell it. Tell it. Why? Because if you're if you're the strong man over ten cities, everybody's obeying you and serving the devil. You're free now. You got to go set everybody else free. He wanted to go follow Jesus. Jesus said, "Nope, go tell your family and everybody what great things. Go give your testimony. Win me some converts." That man got to telling it sounded so good to him. He told it everywhere he went. He told him every single city he had authority over. And he set all those people free. The Bible says when Jesus went back, they were rushing on him, ready to, to serve him, just like the demoniac was. 
Why? Because you get the strong man, you get the whole house. That's why when we pray, we're not after some devil that don't like your kids. We after the big devil that don't like everybody's kids. You understand? You're not going for small potatoes here. You get the whole enchilada. Amen. You're serving a God of partiality if you just want your set free. You got to do this thing right now, folks. Do it right. Amen. So here all these people are thronging. So this is the same area. Amen. All these people come to see Jesus because they love it. In verse 20, if you go up to verse 20 in, in 5, right where we are. He says, he departed and began to publish in Decapolis is 10 different cities. How great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. So now you got marvelous working for you, Jesus. That marvelous means they come and want to see more. When you marvel at something, it's got your attention. You said, really? All that happened over there? I got to go see this. And that's how this, he got this crowd thronging him. Amen. It wasn't because he pulled them out of the synagogue. You got me? This is not your typical religious crowd. These are converted people. So, so, and it says he besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jairus lays out his faith for Jesus to examine it. When you pray, you lay out your faith for God to examine it. And you believe you received it when you pray. Amen. And God gives you a witness of peace in your spirit that you have what it is that you're asking for. You got it already. Amen. Your faith tells you you have it. So when we say you have it by faith, that ain't no cheap thing, baby. You understand what I'm saying? That no imaginary You know, like they used to, kids in high school, when they teach them on reproduction, give you a sack of flour to carry around all day long in school to teach you not to get pregnant. Well, it didn't work because a sack of flour ain't a baby. You got me? So faith is faith. Imagination is imagination. We have faith. When God, <clears throat> when God gives you your car, you feel a car on the inside of you. You get witness for a car. Amen. You don't get witness for a sack of flour. You know that's a car in there. Just like women, when you're pregnant, you know you got a baby. That ain't gas. That ain't no, because it keeps growing, it keeps moving. Gas, you usually belch or something and you get relief. This thing that's moving is still there every day. And causing you a little more discomfort the more days you go. You understand me? And so it's real. Real. It speaks for what it is. Amen. It reminds you that what, what you believe God for, you actually possess now by the spirit of faith. You got to have that first. Faith comes first and then what it is you're believing for. So Jesus goes there. There's a great multitude of people thronging him. And it says a woman which had an issue of blood 12 years has suffered many things of many physicians, spent all she had was nothing better but rather grew worse. 
when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, touched his garment, because she said this to herself. If I can just touch his clothes, I'll get it. What is the corresponding action here? Don't be scared. I know I got a big voice. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer. There's just release what you know. Corresponding action is touching. Touching his clothes. Amen. She had made up in herself that if she would do that, she'd be made whole. Many people explain this, call this a point of contact to release your faith. But it is much more than that. This is the corresponding action to what she's been praying for. This makes sense in the realm of the spirit somehow. Many people see the corresponding action may be different from you than everybody else. How many people went up to Jesus and said, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And he said, you have what you're asking for. Or he'll say, do you believe I can do this? He began, when they asked for mercy, he began to deal with their faith. Amen. This lady is not going that route. She's going a different route. Many people would tell her, well, if you don't go up to him and ask him, you're not going to get nothing. Amen. Everybody wants to put us on program on the same wavelength that everybody else receives. And that works for some stuff. It works for many things. But it has to be something that corresponds to what you're believing for or it won't get the job done. So when we seek God in this thing, he will give us that unique thing that we need that's a corresponding action to our faith. It corresponds to what's on the inside of you. See, she had already set herself in agreement. This sounds right. I believe it's right. The corresponding action will give you a determination to carry it out. No matter what everybody around you is saying. See, there are people, here's Jairus going up to Jesus, come to my house. Like He's talking to him personally. See, when you understand corresponding action, it's not personal anymore. He's responding to your faith. He's not responding to who you are. You can be anybody. And if your faith meets the criterion, he will give you your corresponding action and you get it. So he's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. So you can't say Jesus like me. He don't like me. You can't say I'm too dirty to touch him because I'm unclean. I'm bleeding. I'm not supposed to be here. This is a, a proof that is faith and faith alone that impresses God because all of that law about her being unclean and all that meant nothing when it comes to Jesus and meeting her need. As long as her faith has a corresponding action that the Holy Spirit is given. The Holy Spirit gave her permission to touch him where the law didn't. See, where the law forbids you, grace and faith will open the door for you. 
You might have a hundred people will tell you you're not going to get it that way because everybody that gets something at this meeting does it this way, that way, or that way. But if you have dealt with God in the secret place, He is and he's given you a corresponding action, it won't fail. So the highest place to be is in relationship with God so he can tell you exactly what you need to do for you. He ain't thinking about them other people. They got to deal with him for what's right for them. But you deal with what's right for you. That's why Jesus did a lot of this unique and unusual things to affect the healing and a cure in people. The the thing about uh, uh, making clay with spit, that's a spiritual operation that makes sense to your spirit. He isn't dealing with the natural realm and what your carnal mind thinks needs to be done for you to get your sight back. But he's dealing with your spirit man so that your your spirit understands that there's an imprint somewhere inside of you that understands this and he's catering to that. He's not catering to the norm or what everybody else does and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I was talking to God and the Lord was sharing with me some things about creation. And, the, and he said to me, he said, how do you know? He said, I put in the Bible, I made man from the dust of the ground. But he says also, I made him with clay. Where'd the liquid portion come from? Huh? And he fashioned man. What does he do when your eyes go bad? Makes eyeballs and sticks them back in there. Amen? Do you understand me? So these things make sense on a spiritual level. See, in your spirit, your eyes can't see what's going on. They can, your, but your spirit can submit to it. Why didn't that young man get upset and walk away without his eyes? Jesus engaged him by the spirit. His spirit was engaged, not his carnal man. Amen. She'll get in here. She'll be all right. Come on, Miss Avis. You, you won't tell him. You're fine. Just take your time, okay, honey? Yeah, there you go. You're good. She's good, y'all. So so God wants to engage us on the level where we need to receive it. Your carnal man cannot receive the spiritual things of God. So God has to bypass your carnality and deal with your spirit. How does he do that? He does something obnoxious to your flesh. But it makes sense in the realm of the spirit. It's like this young woman. She found a new avenue to receive from God. Once that door was open, multitudes of people got their healing that way. They said they he went through cities and they wanted to be close enough that they can just touch him. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Spirit of prophecy is on that testimony. That's why he made her testify in front of the throng and multitude of people. 
See, Jesus knows how to work his audience, folks. He knows how to work his crowd. Putting spit on somebody's eyes gets rid of all the religious people real quick. They live quick, fast, in a hurry. Amen? But you know that because when, when you do things that make sense to your spirit, when we first started doing conferences, we would do a little drama. What's wrong with a little drama? They do it all the time in regular church, but they get the glory for it and God doesn't. We fear we do something to glorify God. We put boxing gloves on and came in and lost a third of the crowd. Well, you want to get rid of the religious. You can't do nothing about a, around a bunch of obstacles. Yeah. Gangster night. We fear we gang up on the devil and get rid of him. Then people got scared and start clinging to each other in their seats. Huh? Lost another third of the crowd. Amen? Sometimes God needs to thin things out so he can get glory. So it's like, well, okay, God, when you show up on the scene, ain't going to be nobody here but us chickens. Cluck, cluck, or eagles, whatever you want to call yourself, but we go be here clucking. Amen. So this woman got a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. When she, that word, it says, the key is when she heard of Jesus. She started processing that into more. When you hear God's word, through meditation, because the Bible says she said within herself. She didn't take it to the elders of the church. She didn't take it to the synagogue. She didn't put it up for discussion. Thank God she didn't. She kept it all inside. Sometimes we do better talking to ourselves. You can talk yourself into being healed faster than you can go around and take a consensus. Of, you understand what I'm saying? I know you don't do that, but you know some people do. They always got to get somebody else's opinion about what God told you in your heart. Well, it's not, he didn't tell them. It's not for them. It's for you. Learn how to hold on to stuff. Amen. Amen. So after she heard about Jesus, she started to, to, to meditate on that and add more to it. That's what meditation does. It adds more to what you already have. Now, I'm not talking about worrying. That's a work of the flesh. I'm talking about deliberately taking the word of God and thinking it through and reasoning together with God in the Holy Ghost. Well, God, you're not a man that you should lie. Now, that thing's been confirmed to me twice already, that you're going to do that for me. I believe that's you, Lord. So just show me, I receive that, and show me my next step. Father, I have that word that you just gave me. Amen. I receive that. Thank you, Lord. I know that you're going to do it, Father. But just direct me, show me, whatever. This is how you get to the the uh, corresponding action, through putting it together. Don't be afraid to talk to God about what you know he's told you. Rehearse it in his ears, your ears. Ask him to add more to it. Give me some instruction, God. I want to be at the right place at the right time to receive my blessing. Amen. So that's that's my, my request, Lord. Get me there. And she said, 
She, when she touched him, she was made whole. So she knew at that point, God, that was God talking to her, number one. That's what we all need to find out. The only reason, the only way you find out if that was him or not is by the fruit. That's why you don't have to go tell 15 people God told you. When it shows up at your door or at the altar and you say, I do, we'll know God told you. The Holy Spirit, the, the corresponding action tells you how to get it done. How to get the job done. That's the corresponding action. Amen. So this, this, this process of receiving has about three components to it that I see that this lady did. Number one, she heard. Heard what about Jesus? That he was a healer. He healed everybody. He didn't turn people away. He was a prophet of God. These people actually get healed. Amen. What else did she do? She said, if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. And number three, she did. She carried it out. So you don't need 15 steps to get your healing. You don't need 800 steps and formulas to get what you need from God. You just need a a prophecy and a a testimony before you and say, God, how'd she do that? Huh? That should be your question on everything that you want that you see in the Bible. God, how did they do that? How'd that happen? Show me. And he'll show you. Amen? He's no respecter of persons. And don't be scared of what he might show you. That's why a lot of us don't ask nothing. Oh, it's going to be so hard. He go, I don't know. Oh, the last time I asked him what I need to do, girl, I had to go so-and-so and such-and-such. And such. Oh, nearly killed me. It's going to nearly, that, that's the problem. It nearly killed you. This time you're going to be dead on arrival. Amen. You're going to be graveyard dead, as they say. Amen. That was the problem. You were almost killed. Amen. You have to die to to your feelings and die to self. Amen. Amen. In Luke 6.19, you see that that her prophecy or her word bore fruit. If it is God, he's no respecter of persons. See, the Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, which means a testimony of how God's word manifested in your life creates a prophecy that when it's spoken out, it will get into the spirits of the hearers and it'll reproduce for them. It becomes their prophecy then. If they take ownership of it, it will perform the same way for them that it did for you. And so we see here, I hope I have the right scripture, uh, 17, it says, this is Luke six seventeen, and he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea, Jerusalem. So this is a different crowd than he had when this lady. So the, the other crowd was, was, uh, well, was probably near Capernaum, Decapolis. Those are little cities just across the river from each other. You know, like, whatever. I don't know anything here, like Cleveland, Toledo, probably not that far. Because they could get in a boat and sail in less than a few hours and be there. So people cross back and forth all the time. So news carried fast. 
But she's way on this other side. And here these people are over in Jerusalem and Judea from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon and came to hear him to be healed of their diseases. So they heard this woman's testimony. It traveled like that. And that they that were vexed with unclean spirits and, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for there went virtue out of him at their touch, just like it did at hers, because their touch was a touch of faith too. Amen. So the spirit of prophecy has enough faith on it to repeat itself in your life, just like it did in somebody else's. That's why when somebody goes to the trouble to share their testimony with you of how God healed them, of how God brought their wayward children home, how how he reconciled their marriage, whatever, don't shut them down. God's trying to work that word in you. And he knows your carnal ears don't want to hear it. You understand what I'm saying? None of us want to hear it, don't want to hear what we already think is wrong. But you might have to be wrong to get right. I think there's a song by, oh no, it's not on this. I want to sing that song here. Chuck, quit co-signing that. Now you done woke up. Huh? She ought to be ashamed of herself. Can you cue Miss, oh sorry, alright, sorry. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So here this, this, the spirit of prophecy is on this word. And this is probably one reason Jesus told people not to tell things. Because he was the master of crowd control. So if he's letting everybody tell everything or he's telling everybody tell everything, he'd be mobbed and trampled. You know, I mean, he's only a man, you know, sent by God, but, you know, he's got limitations to what he can do. He would have to be invisible for the rest of his ministry with the kind of crowds that, that as fast as this news travels, somebody's giving away free anything. <laughs> Just got to believe and touch him and you can have it. Hello? That's better than free candy. That gives you your house back, your life back, your health back, your wealth back. Put you back in good standing with your family. Huh? Gives you everything back. So, so here, this, this woman prophesies what she does. And everybody gets a chance to hear it. And, and humanity gets a benefit from it. Amen. Humanity gets a benefit. In John 5, we see the man by the pool. Talking about corresponding actions. Jesus speaking to them, this man is the same operation of the Holy Spirit as the woman with the issue of blood with her word of knowledge. Hers came to her within herself, but by the same Holy Spirit that instructs this man the corresponding action to do to receive his healing. So he says here uh, in John 5, we know the story of the people waiting for the moving of the water. Some people think that's true, a way to get healed. I really don't personally. It does not line up with scripture. Amen. I'd rather stick with the preponderance of the word to make my decisions. Thank you very much. 
it says in verse 5, a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Jesus saw him lie there and knew he had been now a long time in that case, said to him, do you want to be made whole? This man gives him an excuse. So he never says yes. And people wonder, where was his faith? You know, how did Jesus, I mean, we're supposed to come by faith. That's a, that's a requisite period. How about the fact that he's been laying there 38 years? That ain't no picnic, folks. Come on now. He's not there just to adorn the, the porch. He's there because he believes he'll get his healing. It might be coming a little screwy. You know, like Catholics with the weeping statues, a little screwy. But some people who make that long journey and then ask God to heal them at that place, he'll heal them at that place. People get healed there. They get healed by faith, not the statue. The statue just happens to be there at the same time. They want to be healed. The statue becomes a point of contact to get them to release their healing, their faith to God for the healing. It's God that does the healing, folks. If he's not bothered by a weeping statue, we shouldn't be either. You can't nullify God did it. The people walk away healed. They say, I don't know who he, if that man was a sinner or not. All I know is I was blind. Now I can see that's end of story. That's all that's important to me. I got my healing. You understand? And that should be all that's important to us. The devil don't heal nobody. And we got to stop wanting it to come through our little limited understanding and our little steps and formulas, which we don't have enough of to help us. Ain't enough steps and formulas in the word to help us. Somebody ride or die out there? (laughs) Well, you better get your bike and get on out there. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) praise God. Hopefully they come to church, come to worship. They're welcome (laughs) to be here. Praise God. So, so here, this man, Jesus says, will you be made whole? He answers him based on thinking that Jesus believes like he believes. Come on now. When he says, I have no man, he's thinking Jesus thinks I'm, I'm going to get in the pool when the angel troubles the water. That's how he thinks. Jesus always comes with a new way of thinking. He comes, he comes correct. Amen. He comes to correct your goofy thinking. He comes with correct thinking. He comes with something that's going to benefit all believers, everybody who believes. Under this man's quote-unquote doctrine, only the first one that comes can get anything. Under Jesus, whosoever. is no limit. Jesus said, I want to heal this whole porch up here. Amen. And so Jesus comes to benefit everybody if he can get them to exercise their faith. Amen. Now, 
Jesus cannot go this man's way. He can't go the route of, um, you know, an angel troubling the water. He ain't got time for that. He's the word. God sent his word and healed them. Not some methods, not some unique happening, not some once in a lifetime occurrence. He sent his word and healed them. So you see scripture coming on top of old wives tale, folk tale, and tradition. This is the word of God coming to manifest right in front of the weeping statue. Do you understand what I'm saying? The word knows, Jesus knows what he's got as superior. He knows we can't top what he got. So he's not even intimidated by our error in our thinking. But he does have to straighten out our faith, get us to exercise our faith. So what does he tell this man? He says, he, the man says, well, you know, I, I would come down. He says, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, ah, while I'm on my way, this brother then tried to get up on his own before. How many people that want to walk try to do it on their own? Keep trying because Jesus is coming with the word to release you. That's your corresponding action. Don't quit exercising your corresponding action. Jesus sees this man confused. He doesn't do it too often so he doesn't really hurt himself because he's still there. But he says, while I am coming, somebody else steps on top of me and I lose my number one spot. So I just turn around, go lay back down again. Jesus said, this time when you get up, you ain't coming back. This one's for all the marbles. This one's for real. This one's going to stick. Amen. So he tells him a simple command, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man did it. He'd been practicing. Amen. He's been practicing. So there's your faith, folks. That's where your faith is. It just has been exercised without the anointing. Now the directive of the word of knowledge and the anointing are there. That's why people would get healed without fail at Catherine Kuhlman. Amen. Benny Hinn, Billy Burke. They all, the word of knowledge seals the deal. If you'll obey that word of knowledge, if you'll get up when your ailment is called a Richard Roberts, same thing, over the television. If you'll get up when you exercise your faith, when that word of knowledge comes forth, you got it. So that corresponding action is the word of knowledge. Amen. It is the gift of the word of knowledge. That's what the corresponding action is, always. Amen. Sometimes God will give you a blanket corresponding action for people. Like at the altar, if I pray for somebody who's not walking well or who hasn't walked for a while, if they will stay focused on exercising their faith through attempting to walk or doing the best they can, they'll get it. What happens many times is fear overtakes. No harm, no foul. You tried. One time when you get back up here, it's going to work. Same thing with this man. He's been trying all the time. It just has not been with the unction of the Spirit. 
woman with the issue of blood only tried to need to try one time. Why? She had the, the word of knowledge working in her where she said within herself, if I can do this, only thing was stopping her was somebody telling her to go home. That's where the if came in. See, people don't like that word if when it comes to anything we want. Huh? Because they think, if it be thy will. And we've been slapped around so much. You know what I'm saying. That's like the forbidden word to say is if. Amen. All she's saying, the condition is we me getting there. The if part is, there's a lot of people that want to stop me. Man, number one person that wants to stop her is the man Jesus is walking beside. So this sister got a, what do he do, tuck, drop, and roll? You know, that's get invisible all of a sudden. But make sure you get invisible in front of him and touch his garment. See, she don't know if Jairus is going to tell her, don't touch, don't touch the man of God. Uh-huh. She don't know if he a recipient or a usher. You got me? Some religious people can be both. They flip on you so quick and put you in your place. You can't sit here. Huh? They fight over that front row, man. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holla back. Amen. So he tells him, do it again anyway. Do it again anyway. Do it again anyway. This time it's going to work. Amen. You said you have no man. Here I am. Amen. I'm here to help you. Amen. So, so Jesus mixes his actions, this man's actions with his faith. He's, it's the faith of the son of God now. When you do a, obedience to the unction of the spirit, it's not your feeble carnal faith anymore, but it's the faith of the son of God. How many of us attempt things? If you're smart enough to keep attempting it over and over again, your spirit knows at some point that unction is going to be there. So don't quit attempting. Don't let, because attempting and not getting it is not the same thing as a failure. Huh? Attempting and not getting it just means there's a piece missing. And God has the extra piece and he's always going to give it to you. And that's that anointing. That healing anointing that will come in you and cause you to get everything that God has for you in one movement. That's what this man got. He got everything. He didn't go out limping a little bit and needing assistance. It says he picked up his bed and he walked. Amen. Verse 9. Immediately the man was made whole because he believed what he heard. And the corresponding action means that he was on his way doing it. Amen. So when you believe and you're on your way doing it, the rest will come. He was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Suppose he tried to walk without his picking up his bed. Partial healing. 
See, that's how we get a little bit. Because he believed a little bit. He didn't, he didn't obey the whole instruction. You gotta wait to hear the rest of it. Obey the whole instruction. Hey, Brother Hagen stayed on his bed an extra amount of months because he didn't believe the whole instruction. God told him, he said, if you continue, if you read Mark eleven twenty three, the whole thing, you'll see it says, if you doubt not and believe, it will happen. It will happen. You believe first and then it happens. Brother Hagen was all confused with it. Amen. Even as much as told Jesus he was lying on him. You understand what I'm saying? So you must believe you're right if you say that much. Well, if you're right, let me tell you what else you need, brother. You need some more right on your side so you can get up out that bed. Amen. So he took up his bed and he walked. Amen. The Bible says on the same day it was a Sabbath. And then the Jews came and questioned him. He says, it's not lawful for you to carry your bed. He says, somebody told me. That man who told me to get up told me also to carry my bed. Amen. Now, these people, you got to remember that this porch had a lot of impotent people. Amen. You know, the rulers of the synagogue, if they brought money changers into the temple, they probably had a concession stand right there on the missing beds, missing customers. Oh, Barbie, you shouldn't talk that bad about people. Listen, if Jesus took a whip and whipped them out of there, they was bad people. They wasn't working for the cause. They bad people. They's thieves. If they steal their, they steal the gold out their grandmother's tooth. And told her is an offering to the church. And they take it and go spend it themselves. Well, I better stop there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Religion is bad stuff. They hated Jesus and Jesus loved them. But he told them their doctrine was off. Tried to teach them, but they wouldn't receive it. Amen. And so they they begin to question him about why. Now think about it for a minute. Why do you think the devil would send them to question this man about carrying his bed? Huh? Why carry your bed? Why do they want him not to carry the bed? Huh? Because the minute he put it down, he's disobeying Jesus' instruction to keep his healing. See, whatever the word of knowledge is, you got to fulfill that or you could lose what you just got. See, the devil always wants to separate you from the word of God that healed you and will keep you whole. Same thing with Jairus. The mid, before Jesus even got to the house, somebody came and said, your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master. Separating them from Jesus again. See, anything the enemy can do to separate you from the word or from God or from Jesus, he will do it even after you've gotten your healing. So if he can separate this man from fulfilling 
the corresponding action, then they can separate him from his healing, put his healing in doubt. You got me? Because I'm going to tell you, somebody is going to find him with that bed, tell him to drop it and say, oh, let me help you. I'm going to put it right back here where you were for 38 years. Come on, y'all. You got to stay with what God gives you. I don't care what it is. Dodie Osteen started saying them same scriptures. She wore them, probably them little cards she had them on and wore out 15 sets of them. But she says, I read the scriptures every morning like I did when I was sick. I read them since I've been healed because I don't want to fail God. I want to stay whole. Amen. She wants to stay healthy. So the corresponding action is something, it may be something we have to continue to do. He has to look at that bed and resist getting back in it. You got me? And and so Jesus said, if you pick it up and you take it away from him with all this religion and all this unbelief, then you will be made whole. Amen? All right, we can stop. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for goodness and mercy that belong to us as we trust and believe you. Lord, we thank you for who you are, what you are, and what you're doing, what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing to help us, what you're doing to encourage us in every way. And we honor you and we love you for it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. And uh, I'm going to pray for you guys as you need prayer, okay? Uh, you can come on up. I'll go over to you.